Baddies, show of hands. Anyone else think that I should change the name of this podcast from Bad Witch to um, Mercury is the worst thing ever that's ever happened to any of us ever in the history of time? <laughs> because, oh my God, it just keeps getting worse. Okay, so I will say I am very thankful and grateful and thank goddess that my voice is mostly back. Um, my lung capacity is still a little diminished. So if you hear me huffing and puffing, I'm not trying to blow your house down. I'm simply just not back at 100% quite yet, but I think I can make it through without coughing and without the rattling in my throat. So I'm very, very thankful for that. And oh, huge thank you to everyone that checked on me, sent me messages, um, all the witchy remedies that I got. I have been boiling cinnamon sticks into tea and gargling with apple cider vinegar and using elderberry. It's just all these natural things that you sent over, they've been such a big help. So I'm so, so thankful for that. And you know, they put me on when I went to urgent care, cause I was just, ugh, I was not making it when I got into town. Um, they put me on steroids and I had been on steroids right before I left for my trip. I guess steroids is like the new thing we're putting out there. And I really thought I would get an antibiotic because I know, I just know myself and my sinuses and how they're not down to be cool with me ever. But yeah, so I've been on a lot of steroids recently and I was like, you know what? counteract that with something natural from the earth. So I am very thankful for those remedies. And um, if you did send them to me, feel free to post them in the group too. Cause I know that uh, this is the time of year where everyone just gets sick. And this is like our first flu season, sinus season, hay fever. Is this hay fever? No, that's like ragweed, April, May. I don't know. I can never breathe. So I'm never quite sure when, what is. But this is our first blue season altogether. So if you are a green witch and a healing witch and a kitchen witch and you do have those fantastic remedies, please share them with everyone because I know we're all going to be going through it over the next few months as the weather gets insanely cold. And if you're like me, you never wear enough layers or you don't own pants, which if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I don't own any. I am working on it. But you know, I just rather be cold for a few minutes when I'm outside than to wear pants. It's just who I am as a person. But anyway, so health check. We're doing much better. I mean, we'll see how this episode goes. But this is how Mercury has its foot on my neck this week. Because, you know, last week's episode was Mercury versus our necks. We are all going through it so much. Like, I got so many messages commiserating. I'm sorry. We're all going through it so much. Maybe this story, even though I was, <laughs> I wanted to scream, I wanted to cream. I wanted to cry and scream because I was so upset when it happened. Maybe you'll think it's funny. Because it, it, like, it is pretty funny, and maybe it'll, it'll cheer us all up a little bit. So this is how Mercury got me today. I had a love candle burning. I told you all last week we're going to talk all about love this week. It's cuffing season. I'm feeling those loving, ooey-gooey feelings, right? So I, I started burning my love candle last week. Just as we always expect, light the candle, pass out for an hour because you transfer all of your energy into it, right? And I was so happy because I... Well, because I've been sick, uh, I have been able to just stay home with it. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with snuffing out a candle. You know, we've talked about that. It's totally fine. You just relight it. You reset your attention. You're supposed to be praying and intending and meditating on it every day anyway. So it's okay to relight that flame. No problem. But I do like when I don't have to snuff it out. Remember, we never blow them out, right? This is important to the story. <laughs> we never blow out our candles. We never try to extinguish them. You snuff it out. You let the flame die on its own. And then when you relight it, you're just relighting the spell. So 
I've had this candle going. I didn't have to really get away from it, so I never had to turn it out. It's been burning for like four or five days straight at this point. I get up this morning and it is down to just the end of the wax. Like I can see the crystals that are at the bottom of it. I'm like, oh, the spell's almost complete. I'm so excited. I never had to snuff it. So I'm at home with my parents right now for the holidays. I'll be here until I leave for my next trip. And I have to take my dad to work. So I was like, I'm a paranoid patty. So I was like, I'm going to put it in the sink in my bathroom just to be safe. You know, nothing, nothing's going to happen, but I'm not going to accidentally burn the house down. I'm not going, it's not going to just all of a sudden crack and shoot a flame across the room. No ghosty is going to come in and knock it over. Like, it'll be fine. But I was like, let me just put it in water just in case. So I fill up the sink in my bathroom and I picked up <laughs> the candle. I was asking for this. I picked up the candle with a sock because it was obviously hot from burning. The glass was hot from burning for like five days. And I placed it down in the sink. Done. That's And that's what I should have done. That's That could have been the end of the story. But paranoid Patty, I go, you know, let me like shift it to the middle in case it tips over. Um, and let me add a little more water. So like... <laughs> I pick up the sock, which is slippery, to pick up the glass, which is slippery, and <laughs> I, as soon as I touch it, it turns over, the entire candle submerges, water shoots into it, <laughs> and the flame is out. So that was the end of my candle. <laughs> like, the true horror, first of all, you know how as witches will get that little glimmer of like a vision or intuition right before we do something that's going to go wrong. Like you can just see it happening. So I I knew as soon as I touched it, I was like, this is about to tip over, but it was, I couldn't stop myself. My reflexes aren't that fast. And just to see it like turn on its side, like a boat going under, what's that called? It like capsizes. It literally like rolls and this water just goes all the way to <laughs> see the flame go out. I, I couldn't even scream. I couldn't even react. I think I'm, I, I think I like went into a blank state, but I'm pretty sure I started laughing because I'm like, of course, I kept this thing alive and going for five days. I have prayed over it every day. I've put my intention into it. You know, I have been in this whole loving mood. I've been seeing it come into action. And at the last second, when there is only like 30 more minutes to burn, I fill it to the top with water. <laughs> so RIP my love candle. Mercury got me, of course, but <laughs> I will say that I'm kind of glad it happened because I feel like Mickey at the beginning of my witch journey, I would have been like, Oh my God, like I'm devastated. I put all this energy into this and now it's over. Like I just, I ruined the whole thing, but it's okay. You know, I did pray and work with it for five days. I did light it. I did everything I was supposed to do. I did nurture that flame. I did pay attention to it. I listened to it because it was speaking to me like crazy. And you know, at the end, Maybe that was just a sign of something to come. Maybe that water was representing my own water energy, meeting the flame and putting it out the way it was supposed to go out. So I didn't freak myself out too much. I did laugh hysterically because of course, <laughs> and you know, then I lit a new candle for something else. So, you know, whatever happens, happens. I, I, I don't know what that means exactly, but at least it's a good story. I guess. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that. That is the major way that Mercury has been coming for me. Um, it also is ruining all of my technology. I have been, like, I keep taking breaks while I'm recording and saving, 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 because I'm so scared of losing another episode. Uh, my camera isn't working. 
I can't send uh, any kind of video or photo files to my phone for work. So it's just like one little thing after another. Is that how Mercury's been for you where it hasn't been necessarily big catastrophic things that have happened, but it's been like every little annoyance that all rolls into a ball and you're just ready to scream by the end of it. Cause that's what I've been noticing more with this one. Like, and those little annoyances get to me so much more, you know, I can kind of rationalize a big thing that happens. I can tell myself, this is why I'm experiencing this. And this is the lesson from this. And this is how I'll grow as a person. And this is how 2020 will be so different. But if it's just that my camera won't scan or that my USB cord is missing or my phone keeps turning on and off, like, I'm just like, this is just driving me crazy and happening for no reason. <laughs> so that's what it's been on my end. The other things I've been seeing is that there's been a lot of breakups recently. Um, and you know, Today's 11-11 when I'm recording this, which is also why I was just tears coming out of my eyes from laughing with my candle because this is the thing I've been working on manifesting. And it's the day of manifestation of like instant manifestation in a full moon. <laughs> it's just like, nope, never mind. Just wash it out. Although, oh, I will say, I do wonder if my own intention did kind of mess with the candle and I made that happen. I mean, obviously I made it happen because my dumb self picked up a slippery candle with a sock, but I wonder if subconsciously I made that happen because every night I have been sitting with the candle and thinking like, what am I really asking for? Because I know right now I don't want a relationship. It's just, you know what? I don't have to justify not wanting a relationship. Not wanting to be in a relationship and being single is totally normal. So I don't know why I always feel like I have to say something about it. I mean, I do, society. But <laughs> right now, I don't want a relationship. Right now, I want I want the feeling of love to be present in my life. I want to be loved. I want to have love. I want to give love. I want to share love. I just want love to envelop me. But I don't want commitment and a partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, any, you know, I just... That's not what I want. So I kept asking myself at night, like, what am, what is my age? What is my aim here? Because as we know, with working with candle magic or any magic or any manifestation, it is incredibly important to be as specific as possible. You know, hopefully that was the lesson we really learned with our manifestation boxes, right? So I, because every day you're supposed to sit with your candle and you're supposed to keep going over what your intention is. And so I was really trying to get it down to like, as specific as possible. I also, when I was traveling, I watched Aladdin on the plane and I think that it got into my head. If I am not very specific with my magic, then a genie will trick me. <laughs> I mean, obviously not a genie because I'm not making three wishes, but that old trope of be careful what you wish for, be careful what you ask for, because it may turn out totally different than what you imagined. It may backfire on you. It may bounce off in a completely different way. I'm not going to talk about Flubber. I know you think I am, but I'm going to skip right over it. And you know, that is what happened the last time I lit this candle. It bounced. It bounced. Oh, it just bounced all over. I did not set my intention correctly. And in fact, the intention I had in my heart and the intention that I spoke was more about, what's the right word? Not... Uh, it was more about vindication than about actual realized pure intention love. It was about 
wanting to be satisfied in about situations in which I had been hurt by other people versus wanting to bring in a new and clear and beautiful and present situation. So that is, of course, why it backfired on my ass and why I'm still dealing with the repercussions of it two years later. So all that to say, intention is very important. And not to say that magic is scary or that it's going to harm you or trick you or absolutely not. It's the purest, most beautiful, most loving thing in the world. But it is up to us as practitioners of magic to have clarity, to know what we want, because, you know, you really shouldn't be making a ritual or doing a spell or saying an incantation or incantation. Can I say that word correctly, please? You shouldn't be doing any of that stuff if you don't know what you want and what you're doing and the reason why you're doing it. You know, it would be easy for me to light a love candle and be like, well, it's almost the holidays and, you know, all my friends are engaged and married by now, so I want to be engaged. But like, why? And also, I don't want to be engaged. But also, like, why? Is it something I hypothetically want because I already have someone in my life that I really love? Or because I feel like I am ready for that kind of love and commitment and partnership and really building a life with another person wholeheartedly with compromise and sacrifice and not just the beautiful things that comes with it, but the horrible, you know, painful things that come with it as well? Or is it that I want a pretty rock to show off on social media? Or I just don't want to be alone for the holidays. Or I am 30 plus, so I feel like I'm too old and I need to be with someone, you know? It's like, what are the reasons that we are doing these spells? What are we trying to really get to? What is the truth to us? Is it to serve some more vain or surface level or superficial purpose? Or is it because it really is where we are and it's something that is really true to us? So yeah, I was sitting with a candle every night thinking... What is it that I'm actually asking for and why am I asking for it? And what does it mean to me right now? And so maybe Mercury tipped over that candle. Maybe I tipped over that candle. I don't know. Maybe my subconscious tipped over that candle because, you know, it happened for a reason. And I'm sure that reason real, real, will <laughs> reveal <laughs> itself all in due time. So, you know, I have faith in that. I have faith in the universe. I have faith in the goddesses. I have faith in my candle. It burned out, but I have faith in my candle. And so I, I'm still feeling good about Mercury overall, even though it's, oh man, the car trouble, the technology, the breakups, all that stuff. I really do hope it's not been just horrific uh, and awful and terrible. I hope it's nothing that we all can't recover from no matter what we're going through. I'm certainly rooting for all of you. We all certainly deserve good. So, you know, we're halfway there. And thankfully, we're in this extremely powerful and potent manifestation period. So of course, I feel like I always record and like the day that the full moon hits is a Tuesday and then this comes out on a Wednesday or like the magic day is the that Monday or Tuesday before. So we never get to do it like on the day of really. But you know, we do have this full moon and the full moon reverberates, you know, outside of its just specific window and we have this manifestation day and it has been powerful. I, again, I had my love candle, right? And I lit it and then maybe two hours later, something happened that I was hoping to happen. And uh, even though it went out today, as we all know, um, I just kind of, with, without the candle, without the tool, right, I still sat with myself and I was thinking about what I wanted specifically and then the thing that I specifically wanted happened again. So, <laughs> so it's out there, it's happening. And maybe that's another good lesson too, is that you don't always have to have the tools to make the magic, you know? We talked about in the tool time episodes, like your tools are absolutely magical in themselves, but they are an extension of your own magic. And so you don't always have to have the candles and the crystals and the grimoire. I mean, I don't even know where the hell my grimoire is right now, honestly. 
I've been moving stuff around and I have to find it. And I'm, there's, oh gosh, there's so much I have to fill in on it. Okay, let me not give myself more anxiety. But yeah, you don't always have to have a perfect practice. You know, that's the whole thing about Bad Witch. Oh, hi. Welcome to Bad Witch, by the way. The podcast, we're going to get our witch shit together once upon a time. I always get way too excited and um, forget to introduce the podcast if this is your first time here. But if you've been here, you know by now. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Witch, though. I'm happy you're all here. But yeah, you know, if I don't have my wands and I, I'm missing my rose quartz, I'm, we're still going to get these love spells going today. So it's nothing to stress about. I mean, love is already stressful in its own, right? So we need to—we don't need to stress ourselves out about like love magic in any way. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun in this episode. I hope so. Um, but before we get started, just one more thing: we of course have to thank our beautiful, wonderful patrons. It's a love episode, and we love them oh so much around here. So a very, very from the bottom of my heart, as always, special thank you to Katrina, Maria, Crystal, Maya, Aurora, Celine, Kristen, Victoria, Adam, Bren, Brandy, Kara, Kelly, Alicia, Nalling, Emily, Heidi. <laughs> it's even harder to do with my uh, my respiratory infection. Heidi, Mackenzie, Stephanie, Ashley, Jennifer, Lena, Vanessa, Sasha, Brett, Teresa, Elizabeth, Amber, Carla, Aaron, Shannon. And Amanda, last but certainly not least, thank you so much. Um, should we do all the housekeeping stuff now? Yeah, let's knock it out. So Patreon, if you want to sign up and support the podcast just a little bit extra each month. Uh, there's reading shout outs, other episodes, um, witchy mail, uh, all kinds of goodies. I can't remember everything right now. And then uh, we still have the Teespring uh, merch sale going on. So 25% off using code BADDY on literally everything. If you have a problem getting the code to work, just let me know. I will try to go in and fix anything that might be going on. Or I can manually fix the price for you. I mean... I mostly haven't figured out by now, but I'm always here for you. So if there's any problem with it, just let me know. Okay. I think we are ready. So with these kind of episodes where it's such a big topic, I'm never really sure how to structure it, but let's start here. I want to talk about the types of love spells everything we're going to talk about today will apply to and what I consider a love spell and what I consider a love curse, if you will. So things I consider love spells are things that are focused on the person who is seeking to do the magic, as opposed to the person who we are seeking to receive the magic. Like, I think that a lot of times in love and in relationships, especially, especially how many times I going to say especially? Especially from how we're approaching it, we tend to put the other person ahead of ourselves, or not even ahead of ourselves, but we tend to make the other person more valuable than ourselves in the situation. I think it's really important to remember our own value. So for me, love spells are more about like, I want to bring love into my life, not I have to have this exact specific person. I think if you do something like that, I mean, it's not a curse in the traditional sense, but if it's not something that's actually meant to be, it can have adverse effects on that other person, which in turn could be a curse to them. Even though to me, it's like, well, my love spell worked. You know what I mean? Like we talked about that in the Hex episode. Or um, I want to make myself more attractive, more vibrant. This is a spell to enhance my beauty, to enhance my... Uh, magnetism to enhance my attractiveness and not just like physical 
or spiritual attractiveness, but like literally attracting people to me as opposed to, again, it has to be this exact specific person. I think it's a really fine line because we do get so hyper-focused on always putting emphasis on other people when it comes to love and not always on ourselves. And that's why I think we do kind of, we can get lost in exactly what our intentions are. Like why I kept saying, why am I burning this candle? Like what the hell am I actually trying to get at? <laughs> Which was not flooding it, but you know, we're good. We're still, we're still marching on. Or, um, you know, a, a love spell that, or love spells that I think we kind of even overlook is self-love spells and healing spells because we've all been through the ringer with relationships. We've all just, whew, we've all gone through hell. I'm sure in, in at least one, you know, that one big relationship that really transforms you. And it's, it's up to us to heal ourselves from that. You know, any trauma we've experienced, any pain, any hurt, it's not our fault that we experienced that, but it is our responsibility to heal it. So yeah, healing spells I consider to be a love spell as opposed to a love curse, which would be, um, I hope my ex falls off of a skyscraper, you know, something like that. So we don't, we, I think it's really important that we focus love spells on ourselves as loving entities and the love that we want to attract and how we want to be in love and not just romantic love, but in the larger stratosphere of the concept of love, you know, and not on, I want to steal this person. I want to have this exact person, no matter what it costs. I want this person to be hurt. I want this couple to break up. I want, you know, um, an ex back. Listen, <laughs> listen, I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, I would just be so happy if I was back with this person. We were so good together. First of all, those are false memories. When you break up with someone, especially if it's been going bad for a while, you automatically will gravitate to all of the good memories and remember none of the bad. <laughs> Trust me. Because, um, you know, the last time I did a love episode was the Valentine's Day one, which was so long ago now. I went back and listened to it and I was like, what? Oh my gosh. It felt like years ago, like eons ago. But when I recorded that, I was still with my ex and... I remember like right out because we broke up, gosh, like not long after that, <laughs> but I remember, oh, I got ghosted not long after that. Uh, so yeah, we broke up, but like not, never even officially, but I remember, you know, I was just thinking about the time period around that. And when we broke up, I was like, oh, we were so happy then. And this was so great. And then I went back and I read our, I think I actually opened up our messages because I was going to say something to him, like, you know, just how have you been like checking on him or whatever. And I, in doing that, I saw the last, I don't know, month of things between us. And it was so trash. It was so awful. And I went back to being like, Oh, right, we were really unhappy with each other. And it wasn't working, even though it didn't end in the most mature way, like it was meant to end. So that's okay. But any other time, even now, if I just think about when we were together, I'm like, oh, that was great. Like, oh, he, that was so sweet. And we were so happy when we did this. Like, oh, what a great time. So we always gravitate towards that. We could have six months of like good, right? And then two years of bad. And we will always focus on the six months of good. So if you feel like you want your ex back, it is a trick. <laughs> like, I mean, I can't say it's a trick for every single person, but I will say nine point seven five times out of 10, it is a trick. Your body and your mind are giving you false memories and that person is your ex for a reason. So don't get tricked.
don't, don't waste a love spell on something that you've already experienced and didn't work for whatever reasons it didn't work. Use that love and that magic and that energy to bring something new forth. You know, and we've always, we talked about way back in that episode too, that it's impossible for two things to occupy a space at once. And so if you have the wrong person in the space that is your soulmate position, your partner position, your love position, whatever you want to call it, and the wrong person is occupying it, the right person will never, ever, ever be able to step in. So, you know, relationships ending, even though they suck, oh, they can suck so much. It's in the long run a necessity. So yeah, no, uh, I think any spell, especially that's like, I want my ex back, my ex, I need my ex to call me. I, I want him to show up at my door or her or they, um, you know, with flowers and chocolates and all of these things. This, this is my truest heart's desire. No, your heart just needs to heal. So I would never recommend like, uh, how do I get my ex back spell? I would recommend a, how do I heal my heart spell? And then from there, a, how do I open my heart spell? And then from a, and, and then from a there, and then from there, how, um, how can I attract love to myself or love come to me spell, you know? But I think that actually is the number one love curse is any spell to get your ex back. Just, I mean, look at me. I broke up with Bill Skarsgård months ago now and I've never been happier. In fact, I have moved on. I made a lateral move over to Alexander Skarsgård and it's going great, honestly. <laughs> so, you know, there's always a nut when, when the universe closes the door, it opens a window. And sometimes that window is still six foot four in Swedish. So you can't go wrong. But yeah, so that's kind of my breakdown of like, if you thought this was the episode where I would teach you how to get your ex back or how to break up a couple or how to reconnect with your high school sweetheart that has seven kids and is on his third wife. No, we're not doing that. This is a gun. Why do I keep doing that inflection in my voice? This is going to be about us. It's going to be centered on us. It is going to be about our love and what we can do to increase our love life, not for the benefit of other people, but totally for ourselves. So let's talk about all the ways we can actually put love magic into practice. One that I really aspire to be able to do is um, through cooking. Kitchen witches have love, ma love magic totally cornered. Like we've talked about the herbs. We've talked about uh, the different oils and all these things that you can used to affect different spells, right? I mean, love is absolutely a part of that. And we hear these phrases like, oh, the weight of someone's heart is through their stomach. If you cook for me, I will propose marriage to you. And I don't even believe in marriage. <laughs> or, you know, um, oh, you can taste that someone has put love into this. Or inversely, a lot of times people will say, you know, something tastes off about this. And it's not always the ingredients or the spices and seasoning used, but it's that someone's energy was funky when they made it. But yeah, you ugh, cooking is like such a transference of energy and you really do put so much of yourself in, in, into it. And you're literally, you know, mixing it with your hands and chopping stuff up and grinding and sweating and well, not sweating into the food, but I mean, working up a sweat because it is such a thing that you have to do. You know, it's so much effort and it's so much of your own energy. And yeah, so you can absolutely create love spells and love magic through the act of cooking. You know, I don't know if y'all have ever seen like water for chocolate. I used to be obsessed with it. I don't know. I just like caught it on HBO one weekend when I was like 10. And from there on, I would watch it literally. I was like, 
You know how on the TV Guide channel for the other mamas out there, it would scroll and you would have to like catch the channel. And if you didn't, you'd have to watch it for another five minutes till it came up again. I would sit on that thing with like, you know, uh, my breath in my chest waiting to see when uh, like Water for Chocolate would come up again because I was so obsessed with it. And thinking about it now, I think it's because the main character is a witch. I'm, I'm like pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she's a bruja because it takes place in 1900s Mexico. And so kind of the whole, I mean, it's this beautiful long story, but kind of the, the main thing that stuck out to me is that she would cook and whatever she her intention or her feeling, her emotion she would put into her cooking would then affect the people that ate it. So the two scenes that really stick out to me is that she, so she has this Pego, I think is his name, this man that she falls in love with, but it's like forbidden because she is the daughter that has to take care of Mama Elena, who is the matriarch of the family. And so she's not allowed to marry and like have love. And so at one point there's a wedding and she's like crying into the batter of the wedding cake. And then when everyone eats it at the wedding, they start crying and they're like crying specifically over a lost love. It's like really heartbreaking. I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, just cause now I'm remembering watching this as a 10 year old, like what was I thinking? What, what emotions did I even relate to this? But there's also a scene where Pedro, is that his name? I think so. Brings Tita, um, roses and she uses the roses to make a sauce for quails, quail sauce, something like that. And it's like the most sensual thing you've ever seen, the way she prepares this. And she, I like have such a visual in my head of her specifically putting a rose petal in her mouth. And everyone that eats this sauce gets like overwhelmed with sensual feelings. And I think like even, I think one of her sisters was named like Hit Through This maybe, like Gertrude, but in a beautiful Spanish accent. And I'm like, I just butchered it. And she like goes to take a shower and the house catches on fire because there's so much like electricity and sparks coming off of her body. And then I can't remember the full plot, obviously, but she like runs off with a soldier. Like she runs out of the shower naked and then gets on the horse with a sh soldier that she had been kind of like having this flirtation with and like rides off into the night. It was just like this intense, you know, kitchen witchcraft that you're really seeing in this movie. And so that is what it always makes me think of. And all that to say, uh, rose petals are actually a really great thing to use in kitchen spells and love magic in the kitchen because it does heighten that sense of, sen of sensuality, sexuality, and um, romance. Also something just like our honey jar from our way back first love episode is um, honey is a great thing to add in. Honey is actually a natural aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac, hello, we're talking about the goddess Aphrodite. These are the things that are going to get you going. <laughs> and honey is definitely one of them. And adding honey to any kind of recipe or any kind of spell that, again, your intention is about love, especially something that is between you and um, an established partner, will be something that will sweeten up the relationship. So I always, you know, if I'm doing any kind of love magic like that, would focus on rose petals, would focus on honey. Our good old favorite cinnamon is great to add to any kind of love magic when you're cooking stuff up. Um, basil, oh, there's one that's on the tip of my tongue. Why can't I remember? Uh, go back and definitely reference the Witches and Herb episode because we went over every herb I feel like possible. And you know, when doing love magic, cooking love magic, kitchen magic like that, it is the great, it is a great time to break out that cauldron. You know, it's a great time to actually cook in there and get in there and not just use it for witchy things. But I mean, well, it is a witchy thing, but like using it in a tangible sense, just remember that you need to have 
cultures that are dedicated to different things. So don't, there's no like cross-contamination, cross-pollination. Uh, no one's getting sick from anything, right? Because some of the things that we work with as witches are things that cannot be ingested. So definitely have more than one on hand if you are very much into doing like the cooking magic of it all. Also, um, I like to always have candles going no matter what. I just am a candle kind of witch. So when I am cooking, if I am focusing on love magic, then I will definitely have my red and pink. And usually I like to have a white just so we have the white candle representing purity, cleansing, release, uh, you know, just positivity. I always want to have that as the umbrella that my other candles can sit under. And so I like to have those three uh, going. It's I know it's kind of, it's kind of hard to explain because when you think about doing magic, a lot of times you're thinking about being at your altar. You're thinking about being outside and casting a circle and uh, you know being really in nature. But you could literally just be in your kitchen, just over the stove, just you know cooking things up with a candle going in this direction, a candle going in this direction, and uh, you know one at the top, and you know form form kind of this triangle around it. Or, you know, whatever shape you want to go with. And that is still you practicing magic. And it really is about that intention. It really is. I mean, ingredients are obviously important. When you have any kind of spell, the tools that you use, the ingredients that you use are important. But it really does come down to that intention. That was what was happening with Tita, you know, in like Water for Chocolate. She was emoting it. She was feeling it. She was thinking it. She was existing as it. And that's why it affected other people so much. So yeah, cooking is a major way to get your love spells across. Um, even when you're setting the table, I would keep those magic candles going. <laughs> I think it's always good to just keep the vibe going with that. So it's not just about cooking the food, but like the entire the entire magical experience. You want to keep that love vibe going all the way throughout. Um, but yeah, rose petals for sure are a great inclusion. Honey, for sure, is a great inclusion. Inclusion, Cinnamon is a great one. Chocolate is a good one. Um, I've always heard that oysters are also aphrodisiac, but I think oysters are disgusting. So that is totally up to you. But yeah, sticking with that train of thought, that was so hard for me to say. I was trying to say sticking with that train. I don't know what I was trying to say. Sticking with that train of thought of sweeten up, spice up. You know, literally, there are ingredients for that. They literally have magical properties. And they literally will work when put into action. Um, you know, I don't have a specific, there are a couple of like specific spells I will share with you in this episode towards the end, but I don't have a specific spell for cooking magic, cooking love magic, because it's not something I do that often. And like I've told y'all before, I kind of free form spells. Um, I don't necessarily think it's so important that it follows a certain rhyme scheme or has certain phrases included in it as the intention behind it and really meaning what you say. So, you know, as long as you're speaking it aloud, as long as you're really, that's another thing, uh, <laughs> Straganona, which I'm sure I've talked about before, how she would talk to the sauce and then she would blow it two kisses to get it to stop. I think that's important. I think you need to talk to your food. You need to, you know, thank it for being present. You need to tell it what its, uh, its mission is, if you will. You need to speak directly to it, you know, and your heart will speak to it as well. And obviously the energy is transferring like we talked about, but the more you're comfortable speaking it out loud and again, being very, very crystal clear, <laughs> all of these <laughs> words are tripping me up so bad, very crystal clear about it, the better that it's going to go in the end. You know, we say the word spell and I think we kind of 
put ourselves into a box where it has to sound like this very specific thing and it has to be written in this very specific way. But, and not to discredit spells that, you know, are older than me and are from centuries ago, you know, or even people that write spells currently and that's really like their wheelhouse and write spells for other people or getting, getting spells from, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, obviously. Like I have used other people's spells, but I think there really is something to be said for something just coming directly from you, just freeforming it and letting it spill out however it wants to come out, messy though it may be and imperfect though it may be. I think that it has so, just so much of your own specific mojo on it because it's really coming from you. So I, yeah, I am going to share some spells uh, at the end, if you want to get real, because I know some people just are like, give me the spell. Just tell me like what I need to say. Tell me every step, word for word. I'm here for it, which is totally cool. I am totally like that about certain things. But I, I'm more saying this just to encourage you to not get so caught up on, I have to have this spell written in this way or it won't work, as opposed to letting your heart speak for itself and letting your words tumble out however they choose to. And whether it rhymes or not, whether it has all the witchy phrases in it or not, that doesn't make it any less valuable. In fact, I think it's like the most valuable form of spell work is just speaking out loud your own truth, especially if you are like me and you have a little bit of attention deficit disorder and you will kind of forget exactly what you're supposed to say. And you have to keep going back and referencing, referencing, referencing. That's why I started preforming my own because it's better overall, I think, to say what's on your heart than to mess up an actual written spell. You know, that's when things can start to go haywire. If you say the wrong words, if you mix up something, especially if you're just trying to go off of your memory, which, you know, you try to do because concentration is so important in magic and in witchcraft. And so, yeah, for me, I was like, you know what? Let me just speak my truth <laughs> because the last thing I want to do is accidentally summon something because if you are going to follow a spell, you need to follow the spell. You know, you need to follow it to the letter as as best as you can and read it off a piece of paper if you need to because magic is a sensitive thing and not it's not a scary thing it's not a bad thing at all but it can be a sensitive thing and you just don't want something to go haywire because you slipped up this word with this word or mixed them around or confused this and instead of you know uh, a healing spell like we said to get over a bad relationship you like call it back to you or something like, no thank you on that. <laughs> but yeah, do whatever you're comfortable with. There is no wrong way. And I promise when I share these uh, couple spells at the end, I will read them to you literally. So not even I and my attention deficit disorder can mess them up. So moving on. Another really important tool and another way that we enhance our love magic and practice our love magic is in this very traditional sense, which is building a love altar for yourself. So we've talked all about altars, right? We have an entire episode about it. I think it is, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. I'm pretty sure it's that episode. If I'm wrong, you know, clock me. You can totally drag me. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. But a love altar is exactly what it sounds like. It is something, a sacred space in your home that is really focused on love and love alone. Again, this could be romantic love, familial love, friend love, self-love. doesn't have to just be ooey gooey boyfriend, girlfriend love. You know, it's just about love. And so for this, you want to definitely decorate it with all of those loving things. You want um, your red and pink candles again. And for me, a white candle. If you want to do that, go for it. Um, <clears throat> the way that I like 
or um, something else that I like to include on mine is I take out my specific goddess oracle cards. So Aphrodite, um, Guinevere, Isolde, I'm forgetting someone. Ah, sorry, goddesses. I'm forgetting someone I know. Who is it? Who am I forgetting? Shoot. I'm sorry. I can't remember who it is, but I will take out those four and I will place them around the altar. Gosh, who is the fourth one? Oh, no. We, I, we can't sit here all night while I try to remember something with the world's worst memory. But I place them um, like one, two, three, four kind of in their own corners. And then I do a little offering to each. I definitely have rose quartz in the situation. I definitely have my rose petals again in the situation. I also have lavender because lavender, lavender buds are like very, I align them a lot with romance. And, um, I'm trying to think, do I have anything else? I have my candles, my goddesses. Oh, I also have pure gold flakes that I have in my candle because I also, uh, on my altar rather, because I always want to have this kind of sense of radiant love and love that is golden and love that comes from like this higher form and not just love that I am like actively creating with other people. Uh, do I have anything else? Oh, and of course you always, when you're creating an altar, <laughs> you always want to cleanse it out first. So make sure you have made a clean space, that there is no lingering energies anywhere where you're setting it up. A lot of people prefer to have it in their bedroom because, you know, that's where the magic happens. So I hear. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people also like to add um, uh, tokens that represent love. So anything that might be heart-shaped specifically. Uh, or anything that might be like holding hands or, you know, like you can get those metal like pins or like pend pendants. That's what I'm trying to think of, of hands that are being held. Anything that just invokes whatever kind of love you're trying to manifest in that space. And you can definitely go like full. I want this to be for romantic love only. Um, that's another good place to put like a honey offering. You know, definitely look up specifically to whatever gods or goddesses you're deciding to work with. If you decide to work with gods and goddesses, if you don't, totally cool. But, you know, definitely look into what kind of offerings they particularly prefer. But I always like to have honey on hand. You know, I just, I think the world can use a little sweetness, to be honest. Uh, trying to think, do I have anything else on mine? No, I think that's it. But, you know, with an altar, it's as personal as your practice is. So, of course, add on what you want. Mix it up in the ways that you want. You don't have to follow the way that I'm doing it. Certainly not. Um, I mean, I know some people that put, like, their parents' um, engagement or wedding rings. Like, if they would like to emulate the marriage that their parents had and they happen to have them if the parent has passed on or you know, it's just in their possession for whatever reason, uh, that kind of thing. A lot of people will also add, um, well, I was going to say crystals. Yeah, they do add crystals, but also uh, a diamond, real or faux, to represent like an engagement or a marriage, if that's something that you're hoping to encourage, especially if you do have a specific partner. Uh, so again, this is not something that it's something that is focused on like what we want in a relationship and a partnership and not just like, I want this person that might not even want anything to do with me. But if say you are with someone, you're ready to take the next step in your relationship. If that's engagement, if that's what that means for you, then you can place their picture or you can, um, you know, place a token of theirs. Now, does that mean go around and cut off people's locks of hair or cut off the square of their favorite shirt if you aren't actually with them? No, don't do that. 
But, you know, if you do have a picture of that person or if you really are in a romantic relationship with this person and you are committed to each other and you are consenting to whatever, you know, either of you is is wanting to pursue, then, yeah, you can definitely take a token of theirs. Uh, Like, I can't think of anything with my last ex, but my ex before that was in the military and he um, deployed during our relationship. And so I had his, I had a set of his dog tags. So hypothetically, I would have used, um, I would have put his dog tags on my altar, my love altar while he was gone because we were in a very serious relationship. And, um, you know, when you're separated from someone for like nine, 10, 11 months at a time, it would have just been a token of his in my heart, I was going to say in my altar, but I guess kind of like in my heart as well to make sure that like our love would have endured that separation, which, um, I mean, I didn't do. So I guess that's why we broke up. <laughs> no, we broke up for hundreds of other reasons, but yeah. So just something that <clears throat> is belonging to your person is something that you can definitely add. And you know, some people like to really vibe it out and put strawberries and champagne and, condom sometimes, you know, it really is about what you want to invoke, what the intention is. And if you want to focus on lust and sexuality, and if you want to focus on love, and if you want to just focus on self-love help, put up a picture of yourself, look at as fine as possible, get things that really are something that is cherished by you, you know, get a ring that you might like for yourself, propose to your own damn self. It's whatever you want it to be. The only thing I would advise against is if you are thinking of trying to do like the jewelry route to represent something, please, even if you cleanse it, just listen to me, please do not put a piece of jewelry that an ex has given to you. I know that we hold on to those things. I have a couple of things that I actually need to get rid of. I don't know the best way to do that. Sell. I don't know. I feel weird about selling it, but also I should just sell it. You know, we get attached to things just like we get attached to people. But I would advise against using an old engagement ring of a failed engagement, um, of using... A diamond, anything that just, it just didn't work out. So let's let that lie and bring in something new and fresh for the new and fresh love that will be coming into our lives. So love altars, amazing way to go. Light your candles, set your intentions, do your spells, say it all, you know, put all of your energy there and you'll be so amazed by what we manifest. So mirrors, <laughs> I have been trying to tell myself or psych myself out rather to do an episode on mirrors for a while because honestly, I have a very weird relationship with them. I don't necessarily love them. I fear them a little bit, to be honest. Um, not like a, I can't, I mean, hello, I love looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> My job is literally taking pictures and posting them of myself on the internet. I obviously like my reflection, but I do very much believe in like the mythos and the urban legends and the tall tales about how mirrors can also be portals and how they can harbor your reflection that may be another side of yourself that, you know, you wouldn't really want necessarily finding its way into this world. That's something we can talk about all that stuff in another episode. But believe it or not, mirrors are also an amazing tool for love magic. I know y'all have seen this before and like, especially I feel like 80s teen movies where the young ingenue would like write on the mirror what she wanted and then seal it with a kiss. That's real. I, that's real. <laughs> that's a real thing. So um, when working with a mirror, we're going to call this mirror magic, mirror affirmations. I'm, you know, we've seen so many people do this in pop culture where they stand in front of the mirror and say, 
what was that thing from Saturday Night Live? It's like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn, people like me or something like that. So yeah, you can do affirmations in a lot of ways. Some people really want to gaze into the mirror, see the reflection, and affirm to themselves like that eye to eye. I'm one of those people who obviously is about writing. As I always like to say, spelling is a spell, and there's definitely something to be said about repetition and how magical that can be. That's why when we write things out and we're repeating lines over and over and over, you really feel that magic start to build. That's why when we're practicing either by ourselves or with our covenant, you go into the space of chanting and repeating, the magic grows and it comes into effect. It's very ritualistic, you know? So here is how you can work with a mirror. Mirror. It's a hard word for me. What is it? So um, I personally prefer hand mirrors because it's something that you can keep in the consecrated space of your altar. It's something that is easier to cleanse. It's something that is more personalized to me. I mean, obviously you're seeing a reflection no matter what, but there's something about a hand mirror that feels very much like it's just me and you here mirror. Like we're connected and nothing else is like slipping in. No, nothing else is radiating any kind of energy. That's just how it feels to me. This might just be a beauty and the beast thing where I was like, that magic mirror looks really cool. So I'm going to hold on to that forever. What's the beauty and the beast? You know, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of uh, mirror mythology in Disney movies, which might be something worth looking at as well at some point. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that mirror episode's going to come up. Anyway, yeah, we have to talk about scrying too. Okay, mirror episode's coming. Anyway, so um, literally, I like to write with lipstick. Listen, I know it's a pain to clean. Which, like, we got to be clean anyway. We got to be... We're bad witches, but we got to be clean witches. So, you know, just get ready. Um, but I, I do like to use lipstick because one, power color red, love color red, or power color pink, love color pink. I like to use it because it's the easiest thing to kind of write with. You don't, definitely don't want to take like a Sharpie pen to your mirror. That's never going to come off. And also, I like the femininity and the sexuality and the romance that it invokes in itself. I think it is kind of like a really powerful witchy tool on its own especially when you can make your own lipsticks, you know, you can make your own molds, you can put your own special incense and um, even like flowers and herbs into it if you want to, as long as you <laughs> have it ground down to the right amount and aren't going to mess up your lips. But yeah, so it's just, it is really just like you see in the movies. You Oh, well, let's go back. We have to, you have to con consecrate the mirror because like I said, mirrors are portals and they, uh, they are very very supernaturally active. So it's really important that you establish what is allowed in, what isn't allowed in, and what the use is for. So just like with my candle magic, I like to rub my hands together and generate heat. I always like to generate that like tangible energy, place both hands on the mirror. And you want to just say something along the lines of, I am consecrating this mirror under the protection of the goddess, under the protection of the universe, under the protection of my angels, you know, whomever you're comfortable with. This is for um, manifesting and reflecting positivity only. No negativity is allowed in this space. No negativity is allowed to seep through this space. Nothing is allowed through here without my permission under the protection of XYZ. So for me also, I would probably say like Archangel Michael, because that is who, that is my go-to guy. That's who I go to for everything, you know? Um, also with anything else, you want to make sure that you smudge it. You want to make sure that you are blessing it with Florida water. It's something that you want to clear out a lot because inner, uh, uh, mirrors can just, they can just be a trip. <laughs> they really can. 
<laughs> you know, nothing, I'm not trying to scare anyone, nothing to be afraid of. You know, we're always, we are the powerful ones. We are the ones that hold the magic. We are the ones that are safe and protected. You know, there's nothing stronger than us, but never hurts to be careful, never hurts to consecrate, never hurts to, um, to protect and to cleanse. And these are things that are just like meditation, things that we should be making part of our regular existence as witches and as human beings anyway. So we have consecrated, we have blessed, we have said what we are and aren't going to allow into our space and we have, um, cleanse. So from there, literally, like you see in movies, you, I take my lipstick and I write whatever my love affirmation is, whatever my spell is. And for me, I do like to focus on not writing out like, well, cause I freeform it again. I am not so focused on writing out like a spell in my lipstick, but I will write out, Ooh, you know what else would be really good to use? If you wanted to like dip your finger into a love blend oil that you made for yourself and use that to write, because number one, it's not going to be so messy. Two, you're not going to waste your favorite lipstick. And three, it's also going to have like its own potency because it's a magic potion. Okay, we'll go back to that. Um, <laughs> just throwing, throwing real time ideas out there as I always love to do. But yeah, so I would probably, like right now I'm just, the thing that's really popping to my head is like our favorite affirmation for this podcast, which is I deserve good. You know, I would, even though you might not have that much space on a hand mirror, something you can use on a bigger mirror, but I would definitely go with, I deserve good. I deserve good. It's just that repetition is what makes it true. It makes you believe it. It puts it out into the universe and it manifests it. So I deserve good. Or, um, let me see. Cause right now I'm focused on just kind of the all consuming idea of love. I might, maybe my affirmation would be, I deserve love in totality. I deserve love in totality. I deserve love in totality. You know, I don't want just one specific kind of love. I don't want one specific kind of relationship, but it's, I want everything that love can offer me. And you just write, 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 say it, spell it, think it, speak it. <laughs> All of my favorite ways to do it. And then I do, I like to seal it with a kiss because I feel like it does create an intimacy you know, and it's not just the intimacy of kissing your own image, which of course, again, I would love to do, but it creates a bond and a pact and an intimacy with the words that you were actually de delivering out into the universe. So yeah, mirror magic is a real tangible thing. We are so going to come back to mirrors once I stop being so scared. <laughs> but the affirmations are great. And you know, if you get into the habit of doing mirror affirmation, if you're not, listen, if you don't want to write on your mirror, don't, you know, who, who has that much Windex? You do have to go through this process of constantly cleaning, right? But if you can even just get yourself to look into that mirror after it is safe and after you've blessed it and, you know, all the, all those steps, if you can just really look into your own eyes and by extension, you're looking into your own heart, so many things will be revealed to you and your manifestations will be even more potent because it's coming from such a real and true place. And, you know, I think it's really hard. This is what I was saying earlier, like we so focus on other people, especially in love and romantic relationships, and we put ourselves on the back burner. I think doing this kind of practice is a great thing for self-love and for healing as well, because you are forcing yourself to look into your own eyes. You're forcing yourself to see how valuable and beautiful and amazing and deserving and spectacular and magical and just everything that you are. And instead of focusing again on like, you know, we never see ourselves, <laughs> you know, we only see these outside people. We see our partners, we see our loved ones, but we can only see ourselves when we're looking at a reflection. Even then it's a bit of a distortion. 
And so it's just a great exercise to not only manifest things and bring things into your life, but to really see yourself and take yourself into account and see all the truths about yourself that maybe you don't even have time to see because we're looking at the world around us all the time. So yeah, mirror magic, it's some good shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. So then we have our bath rituals, which we have talked about ad nauseum. I know I've brought them up a hundred times. If you go all the way back to the It's Ritual Babe episode, we talked about it for the first time. I'm pretty sure there. But bath rituals, again, get that water going, line that bathtub with rose quartz. Um, I also like to do clear quartz with like alternating with rose quartz if I'm focusing on healing and self-love. The ritual baths for healing and self-love are truly where it's at because again, it's this time where you can shut out the world and just be with yourself. <laughs> you know, even if you have a toddler that pokes their head in, hopefully someone will come and scoop them up and be like, no, mom needs a bath. Or in my case, my dog is always like, hey girl, I heard some water running. I'm jumping in. <laughs> At least I can like scoot her into another part of the house or put her outside for a while. But when you are alternating the clear quartz and the rose quartz, and then you're adding in your salts and your herbs, and again, another good place for a love essential oil blend, and you can just sit and soak and cook and sweat and release, you know, it really is an amazing place to focus on self-love. Um, that's another place where you can practice your affirmations as well. And because you do have like the quiet, well, I don't because I always listen to podcasts in the tub, but when I'm actually doing ritual bath as opposed to bathing, I, um, it's a good time for me to close my eyes and say, these are my intentions. This is what I'm putting forth. This is what I'm hoping to manifest because it's kind of like you're, you've created a cauldron and you've put yourself in it. Like you really are the magic in that moment, you know, because you have all the magical elements and you're in this heated, warm, watery environment. So the ritual bath is amazing. Definitely focus on self-healing. Definitely focus on any kinds of love that you're interested in manifesting. I say the self-love and the healing so much because with water, you literally and figuratively are in the process of like washing things away from yourself. So ritual baths, 10, 10. Um, did I ever tell y'all one time I broke up with a guy because he didn't like baths? <laughs> Not to say he didn't, he wasn't a cleanly person. He, he smelled great, but, um, we were talking, it was like early in the relationship and he told me that he only liked showers and he thought baths were gross and stupid. And I was like, Oh, there's nothing here for us because I take seven baths a day and I stay in them for an hour each. <laughs> like I can't, we can never meet on this. We can't be together. I literally broke up with him because he didn't enjoy baths, you know? A bath is a part of my witchcraft. I can't be with someone like that. <laughs> so yeah, rose quartz, herbs, um, oil blends, uh, clear quartz, and really, you know, whatever you're focusing, amethyst for healing, of course, forever and always, um, rose petals in the bath. That's another, Ooh, that's actually another really good thing. You know, these things that we see a lot again in like pop culture and just around us, they do have a witchcraft origin. <laughs> So when you see the rose petals on the bed, it really is creating a love spell on the bed. When you see rose petals in the bath, it's creating love spell in the bath and you're taking it with your partner. There you go. So don't listen. If you take nothing else away from this, um, I was going to say this relationship from this episode, it is the importance of rose petals. It's not just cheesy heart shaped bed, vibrating bed for Valentine's day. It is some real witch shit. So circling back to potions. So potions can absolutely be potable, right? They're not just 
uh, green, light, bright green, bubbling, oozing things that witches give to other people. But I mean, they can be actual tonics and things like that. But we're talking about potions that you're going to wear instead of ingest. So I've told y'all before about the Scorpio oil that I got from the witch place in New York where I basically turned into teen witch herself and the entire school was following me around because I was so attractive. <laughs> it really works. I don't know if it is a combination of matching pheromones. I don't know if it's necessarily the intention put into it, if it's the magic, you know, uh, the spell cast over it. It just worked. And so when I, I have seen that work, I have felt that work, and it really gave me the belief in using potions and perfumes and colognes and incense blends to bolster your love magic. And especially in the sense of making yourself incredibly, incredibly attractive. So stick with me. We're going to talk about how to actually make a love, um, a love blend for yourself, but there is going to be one key ingredient <laughs> that you're going to be like, huh? <laughs> what was that? Tell me that one one more time. So what you're going to need is a red candle, a pink candle, and a white candle, of course. Um, we're going to need almond oil, like pure almond oil, which is going to be a carrier for the blend we're going to make. You need a tablespoon of crushed red rose petals. I don't know why I said red rose petals. <laughs> crushed rose petals. You're going to need a tablespoon of honey, one teaspoon of salt for purifying and protecting of it all. One tablespoon of, oh, no, 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 one teaspoon of patchouli oil because uh, patchouli is very strong. And also it is specifically for sexual attraction. So we want to keep it down to a shot. We want it present, but we don't want to go overboard with it. You know, we want to measure it out. Um, and then one teaspoon of either ground cloves or ground catnip. It's, uh, you know, cloves I think are definitely easier to get your hands on. Um, and they kind of work in the same realm, definitely for attracting love. The reason I do like catnip is because it is aligned with, um, Bost and with Sekhmet. And so there is that like feline, female sexuality to it in that way. So I think there's just like a certain sensuality to it, but cloves is just as good. And then a small magnet. <laughs> because sometimes witchcraft is literal. It can be a very, very literal thing. And the magnet is going to represent magnetism. It's going to represent attraction. It's, you know, com with all of our powers combined, as I like to say, you know, we are Captain Planet, but except for Captain, um, Captain Potion, I guess. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Okay. So we are going to light our three candles and they are just your standard love candles. We know all about that. By now we're going to transfer our energy to them. We're going to light them not only to have active love candles burning, but also because they're going to create the atmosphere for which on our altar in our sacred space, we are going to put this all together with our intention, of course, and manifest what we want. So a carrier oil basically is like the base for everything. Um, especially if you're using like pure essential oils, it's stuff that you are, um, dabbling in like aromatherapy, you're supposed to use a carrier oil. So the essential oils don't get on your skin and jack everything up <laughs> in this instance. Cause like, no, for real, they can burn you. But in this instance, um, it's just going to be the base to like hold it all together. Cause we have, you know, powdered and ground and petals that have to be ground down with our pestle and mortar. And so we want to make it into an oil that we can actually wear. Like it's a, it's a potion for us. So we're going to combine all of the ingredients and <laughs> Once they're all all uh, combined together, you're going to pour it into a vial where the small magnet is at the bottom. 
And while you're pouring it, this is what you're going to say. I attract what I want. I want what I attract. I attract what I want. I want what I attract. Twofold, right? Because it's not just that you want to be this magnetic, attractive, irresistible person, but you want to attract things that are actually good enough for you. Things that you actually desire because it's easy to do an attraction spell. It's easy to make some kind of magic and put it out there and say, I'm ready for love. Love, find me. Love, come to me. And, you know, Freddy Krueger shows up at your door. <laughs> so it's not just important that you are talking about how you want to be wanted, but you also have to acknowledge what you want in return. So I attract what I want. I want what I attract just to be safe. So while you're pouring it all together, the candles are going, you're saying this affirmation to yourself, you're repeating the spell to yourself. And um, you definitely want to try to do this on a Friday because that is the day of Venus, which is our love goddess, of course. And I mean, it wouldn't hurt to do it uh, during a waxy moon phase or especially during the full moon. And in fact, leave it outside with the full moon or add a little bit of moon water if you are making it for that full moon, just to up the sensuality of it, up the potentness of it. Potentness? That can't be a word. <laughs> up how potent and powerful it can be. And it's a, it's a thing to wear on your pressure point. So between the breast, um, behind the ears, behind the knees. I've always been told to spray perfume behind your knees and let it waft up, but also I'm allergic to perfume. So I've never really tested that out. But between, um, between the breasts, not only because it's like kind of this, or between the pecs, you know, uh, not only because it is this kind of central area, but also it is directly aligned with your heart. And it is about your heart, you know, at the end of the day. So again, I attract what I want. I want what I attract. No Freddy Kruegers. No Jasons. No Nightmares on Elm Street. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're out of Halloween. We don't want anything like that to show up. Oh, and also that, that affirmation can be something that you put on your mirror. It can be something that you say into the mirror. It can be something that you use when you're cooking and you're adding in your rose petals and your honey. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be just for this one instance of making this particular potion that you're going to wear. But yeah, that's, if you are the kind of person who's like, no, Mickey, tell me what to say. That is a phrase that can be used across all love spells. But speaking of, let's be a little more specific. I'm going to give you an actual love spell one that you can certainly do yourself exactly as it's written, or if you want to just kind of use it as a rubric for putting together your own um, love ritual or love spell and to write out your own, definitely go for it. You know, just it's, it's all about trying and it's all about having the right intentions and the right thing in your heart, especially when we're talking about love. So this is from the Wiccan Bible. I know I get book. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad witch. Here we go. I get book, um, people ask me for book suggestions all the time and I'm terrible. I only literally have two books about witchcraft. I have the Wicked, the Wicca, it's not even called the Wiccan Bible. I have the Wicca Bible and then I have the one that I told y'all about forever ago called the Modern Witches Spell Book. But um, even though this isn't a Wiccan podcast and even if you don't consider yourself Wiccan, it has a lot of really good just like jumping off point information and it, it will go into, if you are a Wiccan, it's great because it goes into all kinds of Wiccan traditions and beliefs and practices. But what I really love is it has like really handy little charts. It's very easy to digest and it has a great glossary. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, wait, which one is loose enough? Why did I pick the one? I can't say which celebration is Yule again. And when does it happen? Or like, wait, which goddess is Rhiannon or which one is Hathor and what does she represent? 
or which herbs are really good for love. It's just a really, I think of it as like a reference book as opposed to, I mean, obviously it's not like a Bible. It's called the Wicca Bible, but it's not like, and then thou, those smoke, that, like, it's not like that. But I really think of it as a great encyclopedia for just all of your witchy 101 things. So anyway, that's my spiel on that. So this love spell is directly from that book. I'm going to read it to you now so that I don't mess up any of it. <laughs> so this spell is suitable for those who are ready for love to come to them. It signals that the applicant is at a place in their lives where a loving relationship is desirable. It is most effective if the person asking for a new love carries out the spell for themselves. We've talked about that before. Otherwise, it is perfectly acceptable to cast a spell for someone else, provided that you are convinced that they are prepared to trust their wish to spirit. Either way, it is necessary for the person asking for magical help to supply the crystals in their spell. Okay, so that's important. So here's the spell. Timing. Cast the spell on a waxing moon, preferably on a Friday, which of course is ruled by Venus. Preparation. Leave the water for this spell out in the moonlight prior to casting the circle. In magic, the moon is a patron of the tides and the spell and this spell asks that a lover come to the supplicant at the right time. You will need red candle, eight inches, 20 centimeters, <laughs> matches, small tumbled rose quartz, small tumbled clear quartz, chalice or a glass, no problem. Water, four fluid ounces, 125 milliliters. God, I'm loving the conversions here. Red cloth, four inches, 25 centimeters square. Uh, cord, 24 inches, 60 centimeters in length. Casting the spell. Light the red candle saying, okay, so here, listen, spell heads, the ones that want to know exactly what to say, here we go. Passion, burn bright like the moon above me, that I will meet with one who will love me. Two, hold the rose quartz in one hand and the clear quartz in the other and visualize yourself walking on a seashore. A new love walks out of the waves towards you. As you walk toward each other, bring your hands together and transfer the clear stone to the hand holding the rose quartz. Three, place the stones in the chalice and pour in the water saying, remember this is moon water. May the light of the moon bring the gift I desire, washed in by the tide and blessed by the fire. Four, this fire is the candle flame which should be allowed to burn down completely, as we know. Five, Leave the stones in the chalice for three days, remove them, and place together in the red cloth, which should be tied tightly into a pouch with the cord and worn around your neck for one moon cycle. Okay? So that is a love spell you can actually do for yourself. It is a love spell that, as we talked about, you can do for other people. Just make sure that they are providing the crystals at hand. Or it's just a good kind of general catch all love spell for bringing love into your life. If you want to start from there and write your own and create your own. I mean, if writing your own spells and writing your own rituals or not even writing, but like creating your own is just not something you're interested in, then absolutely, you know, follow other ones. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are interested in doing it, I feel like this kind of love magic, or especially if you're doing like self love healing magic, it's a good jumping off point because it really is like a foundation of witchcraft and magic. You know, it's, I don't want to say it's witchcraft 101 because it is so much more than that, but I feel like it's a good place to feel comfortable and kind of dip your toes in, you know, hopefully the love stuff doesn't go, lead anywhere uh, tricky or scary or overwhelming. And it's more just 
about an overall positive manifestation. So that's definitely where I started. I mean, I told you about my love candle that went haywire. And I mean, even as a little baby witch kid, the things that I would always focus on, I think that a lot of us are naturally drawn to whether you are a witch are or aren't people that aren't witches as well are drawn to the idea of love magic. It's a very natural thing. So I think it's a natural place to get those. Uh, no, I'm not going to say juices flowing. <laughs> I always hate when I say it, but it is a good place to, you know, just try something out and see how it goes. Oh, a rose quartz crystal is always a good beginning stone to work with. A clear quartz is always a good beginning stone to work with. And uh, speaking of stones, instead of having one crystal of the week today, we're going to have a bunch because I think it's a good time to go over as many love stones as we can because, you know, you may be one of those people who just cannot stand the color pink. And you're like, I don't want to do any pink candles, any rose quartz, give me something else to work with. Or you might be someone that a rose quartz repels, you know, not in a bad way, but certain stones just won't link up with certain people. I tell you all the time. Amethyst just like fly away from me. They want nothing to do with me. I always lose them. They always go missing. So uh, yeah, let's have some crystals of the week to round out this episode. And then uh, we'll do just a tiny teensy, eensy, peensy bit of homework. But yeah, let's go over all of our love stones. Well, not all of them, but a good chunk of them. So of course, the Mac Daddy or Mac Mama stone of them all is the Rose Quartz. Um... I think of rose quartz as the all-encompassing love stone. It's all love all the time. But it really is a stone to focus on bringing love into your life. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily have to just be romantic love, but it certainly can be. But it really is just if you need love in any capacity, that is the stone for you. It's a great companion stone with other love stones as well because it's kind of like the supercharged superpower, love, 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 radiate, radiate, radiate energy that will also work really well in conjunction with a stone like say a ruby or garnet that's more about like sensuality and sexuality and passion and all of those fiery red feelings that come with those stones, you know? Um, also our clear quartz, since we've talked about them so much together, um, I consider it a love stone in the fact that it's a very much about cleansing and clear clearing and healing. So I put it in the self love category. It represents the self. So pink, pink quartz, <laughs> no rose quartz. Why am I saying pink quartz? Rose quartz. I knew that was wrong. And, um, clear quartz are like another example of two love stones that work very well in conjunction, but almost every, almost every stone really does work with rose quartz. And especially those that are also represents different as represent different aspects of love, but sticking with self-love for a second. So I've actually wanted to talk about the stone forever, but I'm not sure how to pronounce it. So please check me if I say this wrong. Rhodochrosite. I'm going to spell it R H O D O C R O S I T E. Rhodochrosite. That doesn't sound right. There's a couple of stones that like I've wanted to talk about and I'm like, I don't think that's how you say it. <laughs> I guess I could just Google it. Right. But you know, I always find another one that works for the episode. But um, this stone is beautiful. It's like pinks and whites. I know anyone that hates pink out there. Sorry, I'm like killing you this episode. Um, But it's one that really brings together like a reckon, not a reckoning, it brings together like an understanding and accepting of all parts of ourself. And so through that, we're able to find a very powerful and heightened sense of self-love. It's that, um, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I love that I'm smart and I love that I'm funny and I love that I'm beautiful and I love that I'm a good friend. 
but sometimes it's hard to say, well, I also can love myself even though I know I can be a pain and I can have an attitude sometimes and I, I uh, can be a little demanding, you know, it's, and not that we should necessarily just not try to make ourselves the best, best versions of ourselves and, you know, work on things that we don't, we don't necessarily love about ourselves or find that favorable. But it's that we can accept that we're works in process and that we can love our spell, our, love our spells. We do love our spells. That we can love our, geez, love ourselves despite understanding that we're flawed because we are. We're all flawed, every single one of us. And you know, there's so many people out there that are probably doing worse to the world than we are and they think they're great and have all the self love and confidence in the world, or at least, you know, have a bravado of having so. And so if they can have self-love and accept every part of themselves, then why can't we? So that's a great stone for that. And the more, that's what I was saying at the beginning of the episode is that the more we focus love on ourselves, we make it about ourselves and not about the, the intended recipient of the magic or the other person, the more true and whole that that love is. And that's, you know, it really is like love starts from the inside. It starts from your heart. It starts from your spirit and your body and your mind and you know, as problematic as RuPaul, RuPaul Charles is, and oh, wow, what a what a problematic fall from grace that has come out of his mouth at times. Um, he does say and has always said, if you don't love yourself, how in the hell can you love somebody else? And I think that is absolutely true. You can you can have some kind of facsimile of love with other people. You can have some kind of expression of love, of course, for other people, if you're not in a settled love, loving place with yourself, but like a true, genuine, like, love that you both deserve and both should have honored, like it has to come from yourself, you know, I'm like, I know this has been a very gushy self love episode, but I just want you to all love yourselves as much as I love you. Really, like really and truly, because I, I do think you're all amazing. And I think you all deserve good. And I just am going to write it in my mirror with lipstick and kiss it until we all believe it. <laughs> So yeah, that is what that crystal is for. Um, it really just teaches you to accept yourself. It helps you to accept yourself, to see your self-worth, and to love yourself, warts and all. Because we all got them, you know? And then we have citrine, which you know I am goo goo gaga over. And that stone... <clears throat> wow, sorry. <laughs> I was doing so well. That stone is amazing because... Remember how I said I like to keep gold on my altar to give like that radiant love kind of aspect? That is what it gives us. It is like radiant, full golden, warm, confident love. And it, that's what it attracts to you. And that's what it gives you to like feel within yourself. It just, citrine radiates power and confidence and beauty and gold so far out there. And it like affects and touches love in that way. So again, it's another really great stone to use in conjunction with rose quartz, or as I like to call it, pink quartz <laughs> for no reason, because of that like radiant, brilliant, shining, magnifying gold energy. I love that one so much. As you know, I use it for <laughs> literally everything. Um, also, <laughs> another one that I've always wanted to do, but I was kind of afraid of how to pronounce it is um, Rhodonite or Rhodonite. I'm not sure. Please again, drag me if I need it. Um, R-H-O-D-O-N-I-T-E. It's really just that R-H-O that makes me a little nervous when I'm going to say it out loud. Um, but this is another crystal that is pink and heart chakra-y. And it really encourages forgiveness, which I was doing a reading for myself the other day when I, I was doing it the night that I lit my love candle, my pink love candle, that RIP. And um, the card that came up was forgiveness. And I was like, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> I have done a lot of work to forgive myself for decisions I made in past relationships, for actions that I took, for people that I chose that weren't the best for me. But I have not yet forgiven other people. And I feel like, well, I mean, maybe that's not true. Maybe it's it's easier for you to forgive others than it is to forgive yourself. It's easier for me to forgive myself than to forgive others. Because it's, you know, you just look at someone and how they treated you and you're like, how could you act like that? How could you treat another human being like that, let alone someone that you're supposed to be a partner to and in love with? And so I, when I got that card, I was like, you're not wrong. How can I welcome new love into my life in whatever capacity it may come when I have not forgiven people that have hurt me, that have betrayed me, that have, you know, done any matter of things because like forgiveness is a part of release and it's a part of healing. So I have to forgive them. I don't have to, you know, send them a telegram that says, I hope you're having a great life. Best wishes always and do magic spells that help them have, you know, success and love everlasting, all of all that. But I can give them forgiveness as a part of my own healing. So it like can be in a selfish way, you know, you don't have to forgive someone else for their own benefit. You can say, I am choosing to forgive you because I am choosing to release you. And so that is the sense in which I have to now go through my own process of forgiving others uh, in a romantic and from my romantic past. And this is the stone to do it, even though I'm still not sure if I pronounced it right. <laughs> but yeah, trauma, hurt, past relationships. Um, and even if it's not, I've had bad exes, you know, bad relationships, bad exes, we all have. But um, even if you, if it wasn't a bad relationship and it wasn't a bad person, but you just were at the wrong time. You just, it just couldn't work out for whatever reason. You still loved each other and you had to separate. There's still like forgivenesses that have to be done there. So this is a great stone for that. So it's not even just like forgiving from a hurt or angry place, but just forgiving from a place of you had to release. So Rhodonite, Rhodonite, someone please let me know. <laughs> and then let's talk about, cause the green stones are like, I know, I think we talked about that before in the um in the first love episode I did I think we talked about how green stones actually have like a lot to do with love let's do mm, emerald so emerald is of course a glittering green goddess but what she really does for relationships and romantic relationships in particular is encourages loyalty um encourages trust encourages a sense of friendship even though it is a romantic relationship so like loyalty and trust can really really be built and also, uh, what's that word? Mm. Commitment. <laughs> also, <laughs> of course, I can remember commitment. It's like the thing I'm most scared of. Um, it also establishes or helps to establish um, a true commitment and a commitment that is based in those other tenets that build it up, you know, like loyalty and trust and friendship and really truly loving and liking and wanting to be with the person that you're with. And it really you know, being like this shining example of what a relationship hopefully will be. Okay, my loves, we have reached the end of the love episode part two, because I guess we kind of already did one. <laughs> but anyway, um, for your homework, if anything really stuck out to you, that's what I want you to do. I want you to, you know, add a little bit of love work into your practice this coming week or the weeks ahead. But also more than that, if you don't have the energy to do it because it's cold and it's dark and Mercury's still in retrograde and there's a sentence full moon that's come in. More than anything, I just want you to focus on something that makes you feel loved this week for your homework. So 
whether that is something witchy, like taking a ritual bath or lighting a love candle or working with your quartz and your emeralds and your diamonds or who do I, where, what is this like fancy crystal altar I think I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, if it's something witchy like that or if it, you know, making your blend or doing a love spell or if it's just taking yourself to a movie or going to have a really good meal with your partner or, uh, you know, giving kisses to your puppy or to your kids or, you know, teaching them how to make a meal that's filled with love, whatever it may be. I just want you to do something that makes yourself feel loved and valued because you are. I love you. I value you. I'm very, very happy you're here. And I think just with this time of year, it's nice to be reminded that we're loved and valued too because, ooh, the seasonal depression is knock, knock, knocking on my door for sure. Okay, so if you want to join the Facebook group, the answer is The Craft. Um, Someone answered this week, we are the weirdos, mister, and I like levitated. Like my soul left my body. It was such a pure, beautiful moment. I can't remember exactly who it was, but thank you so much for that answer. That was great. There's been a lot of flubbers and blubbers lately. Shout out. Y'all are killing it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, come join the Facebook group. It's an amazing community. Um, I'm trying to keep it tight in there and only people that actually listen to the podcast because I want to keep it as safe as possible, of course. Um, the Bad Witch Pop, blah, 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 the Bad Witch Podcast at gmail.com if you want to reach out and talk to me. I am caught up on emails, I'm almost certain. So small personal victories for your girl over here. Um, Teespring, again, the link is below. And I will share in the Facebook group if you are looking for it for merch and 25% off using code BADDY and then patreon.com slash badwitch if you want to uh, give a little and get a lot. Okay, that it. I think that's everything. Okay, I love you all so much. Sending you so much love. All the love this coming week and this coming month and the coming holidays because I know it can just like take it out of all of us. Poor little witches out there just trying to make it to 2020. <laughs> but you know what? I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. You deserve good. Blessed be, and until next week, goodbye.